This podcast is dedicated in loving memory and tribute to Judy Roth, Ashley Berg, and Bennett White. Radio, a podcast about cycling, health, music, art, and transformation. With your hosts, Greg Roth and Dave the Rocket Richter. All right, the very first episode of We Ride Why Radio. I'm Greg. And I'm David the Rocket Richter. We are finally doing this, Dave. Uh, we got a great show for the first episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the show. We're going to talk about what's going on with the film that we've been working on. We're going to talk about Fount Cycling Guild. We're going to talk about Fred Hutch Obliteride. And I've got a very special guest, and this is somebody you know. Oh, go ahead and jump in. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so, no, that's I was okay. waiting for I, Lons. I, I know. I did. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, man, we have a, <laughs> he's not here, Dave. I gotcha. He's, but we, <laughs> I recorded him. I looked over at Spike. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, Spike, no. is this your line? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, we got, we, and you know, you know this guy because you met Wands up when you were at Metier about three years ago. Wands is the voice of We Ride Why when you yeah. watch and, and listen to the trailer. That is his golden voice. Also, he uh, played and toured with this dude named Macklemore. We'll talk about that. But yeah, we're going to have Wands on, and he has uh, some really interesting things to say. So that's coming up. But first, we want to kick off the show with a song from Wands. And since this is our very first episode of We Ride Why Radio, I felt that this song is completely apropos. This is the beginning. This is the start of what comes next for you. This is the beginning, sometimes it's hard to tell The end from the beginning One has to start from the bottom One has to learn to climb If one wants to rise like a column Touch the edge of the sky needed this ain't no short trip round the block one must not be defeated never worry about the clock one might consider a partner to help pass time as you go one who will always be there in case one Whether there's ten or a million ones Never believe you're the only one Who really knows when done is done This is the beginning This is the start Of what comes next for ya This is the beginning Sometimes it's hard to tell The end from the beginning Thank you. 
for certain Make sure that one does what's required Else one becomes a burden No honor, turn to a liar Pretending to be like other ones False opinions past as truth Without strong inner foundation One's climb begins then ends too There's ten or a million ones. ones. Never believe you're the only one. Never really knows when done is done. This is the beginning of We Ride Why Radio. Our very first episode, Dave, what do you think? I'm pretty pumped, Greg. I've been waiting. I know. We've been waiting, what, three years, I think? All kidding aside, Dave and I have known each other, and we'll give you a little background on our relationship. But I met Dave uh, three years ago when we started the movie project, when Jason and I just were starting on it, building the website. And Dave, you were at Mattier at the time, and I came up introduced myself and said hey i'm doing this thing and then and then we just started talking and we just immediately hit it off and and um todd your partner at the time you know he was telling me about your background we just started talking we just hit it off and then we just mm-hmm. started getting these great conversations and then eventually i joined the club and and you you start coaching me and so i'd come up to the club at the time and we'd we'd have these amazing conversations about cycling and life and then i remember you had mentioned about wanting to do a podcast mm-hmm. and i said well you know, yeah, man, I used to do one. Maybe I can help you with that one day. Well, here we are. Here we Dude. are. It's here. Yeah, it's really exciting, and it and it's something that's going to evolve. And those of you that have been following us a little bit so far that know what we're up to, this is not a cycling podcast. This is not a music podcast. This is a life podcast that includes music and cycling as the thread that runs through it, and art and uh, transformational type conversations because they all tie in, everything connects. And so all of these elements, um, cycling in particular, which has been transformative for me, is something that I really want to share because it's opened up a whole world. And it's also bridged gaps in other worlds and it's also bridged gaps in other communities. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to share things beyond cycling. Well, I think um, I think this yeah. is a great way to capture our great conversations that we've yeah. had. They sometimes would start out talking about derailers yeah. and, and end up talking about philosophy <laughs> or music. And It's true. 
cycling does teach us a lot, right? And as we get into more episodes, you'll you'll discover that even if you're not a cyclist or even if you're not an athlete, you'll you'll take something away from this conversation that you can apply to other areas of your life. And that is our, our intention. We're going to have uh, celebrity guests. We're going to have some of your friends that are professional cyclists. We're going to have artists. We're going to have musicians on. We're going to talk about all of it because for me, you know, cycling is kind of a, a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. like music, art, cycling, it all goes together. Yeah. And coffee. It's a social sport for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a social sport. It's an individual sport in a social context. Yeah, the more you do it, the more you realize how much of a team sport it is. And we don't make it through this world and become successful just on our own. Now, we do have to have the individual drive, but but it's our communities. And, and I think that's why this show is going to be really powerful, because cycling is a great example of that. Because there's the individual challenge within team context. And it's what we do. It's what we do, man. <laughs> and and you can do it at so many different levels. And Dave, I want to introduce you real quick to the audience because those that are in cycling know who Dave is. Anybody that's been around the cycling world in the Pacific Northwest knows who Dave is. Or they know who he is. They may not know Dave because Dave's kind of ninja in a lot of ways. He's got this <laughs> mystery about him. Like, And that's the thing What's going to be really cool about this is people are going to get to know you in a different way. They're sure. going to get to know you in a deeper way because they may know you as the competitor, as the athlete, as a coach. But driving all that is a, is a really strong, uh, in my opinion, transformational, spiritual, and emotional, mental foundation that you have, that you bring into everything. Thanks. You've been an athlete your whole life. Let, let's, yeah. t- let's take folks on a little bit of your athletic timeline. Sure. I, I think you could probably break it into three parts the first part of my life was baseball that's all i did that's all i thought about we're talking when i was you know three four or five years old collecting baseball cards and checking out the stats reading the uh the baseball rule book you know watching every single game even if there was no one to play with i'd throw the ball up hit it throw it Mm -hmm. against the tree you know grab it hit it again go chase it everything yeah. i did was baseball i just absolutely loved it mm. i couldn't get enough of it and then uh when i was when i started playing competitively i was good because that's all i cared about yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh moved through the ranks and and as i got to like high school i realized that that's that's what i wanted to do mm. i just wanted to play baseball i didn't worry about anything because i i was just going to be a baseball player <laughs> a pro baseball player and then when i got to be like a junior in high school that's what everybody else thought too was like oh yeah he's yeah. going to be a professional baseball player and uh anyway long story short i got drafted at a high school and then uh went to college and just quit baseball it's a that's that's a whole podcast in itself yeah. there but uh anyway i i you quit i, I quit i did mm. i stopped abruptly and uh didn't have anything i i was kind of lost did you did you quit because you were injured or you just lost no the i passion? wanted to be with the girl i was on a scholarship so uh, i had to be in uh the dorms and uh <laughs> you want to be with the girl that's right that's yeah. right i want to live with her and like i was away from home for the first uh, time and uh everyone else was like partying and doing things and i i never really done that my whole life for the most part because all i was doing was baseball mm. and uh but anyway, I quit baseball and uh, needed some sort of athletic outlet, so I chose cycling. 
I mm. said mountain biking was just getting big, and uh, yeah. I was like, that looks really fun. And when was this? What year? 1988. Wow. 89. Anyway, I... Uh, I went to cycling because it wasn't new to me. I had been into BMX as a kid, also when I was really young. And I did that, you know, for fun when I wasn't playing baseball. So if I wasn't playing baseball, I was riding my BMX bike, jumping it, and actually racing. And I was really good at racing, but I never had any aspirations to, you know, travel to big races or to be a professional BMXer. Hmm. But I did get the magazines and loved it, you know, like the lifestyle. Oh, yeah. And uh, but then I would go play baseball. So anyway, I had that background of BMX and I actually even had a road bike that uh, I would ride to baseball practice so for fun because I liked riding my bike as well and didn't think much of it. And uh, now that I look back, I know why I chose cycling after baseball is I remember uh, on a cover of a Sports Illustrated was a shot of uh, Greg LeMond mm. winning the tour or the world championships. And I looked at his face and I didn't know anything about road cycling, but I, I saw him and I was like, that sport is hard. Yeah. yeah. I can tell by the look on his face yeah. of what's going on. Like, wow, the emotion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was suffering, but he was he was celebrating at yeah. the same time. And it was like, wow, what a reward. And like, that's a cool sport. And yeah. then that thought was gone. I filed it away. And then, you know, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years later, I was like, hey, I'm going to try that. That looks cool. Yeah. I want to own a I like what that what I saw on that guy's face, um, but anyway, so I got into mountain biking, got a mountain bike, had a blast, uh, started racing locally, moved through the ranks, and uh, got really good. And actually, turned or had an opportunity to be a pro. You know, wow. like um, somebody was actually paying you to ride a bike. Yeah, well, at the wow. time they weren't, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> or they would be willing to. They gave me a bike. Oh, hey, that's good now. Yeah. So anyway, bikes but, aren't cheap. No, and that was I wasn't really. I was like a semi pro, and they gave yeah. me a bike, and and then that's when I was like, wow, could this be a actual career? You wow. know, like and. Uh, uh, so I just kept pursuing it, winning races, and and then I got an an offer for a contract with a real job. You know, you actually got paid good money, and you had to race a handful of times a year. And anyway, I always started racing mountain bikes professionally. Wow! And, and then the money kind of went away one day <laughs> after uh, four or five years of racing, um, having fun, getting paid well. You know, traveling. The uh, the the contract offer was well, you can ride for us. But we can't pay you, you know. So, <laughs> okay. So I was like, "Well, this is over." <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, um, and I was like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm gonna have to find a quote unquote real job now." Hmm. I had an opportunity to race on a, a professional road team. Um, the Subway Pro Cycling started, and oh, uh, wow. it was our first year. And when was uh, this? This was in 1990, or excuse me, 2004. Isn't that about when Lance Armstrong was really... Yeah. Where cycling... Cycling... Road cycling was big. Road cycling was big as a Lance. Yeah. So um, I just kind of rode yeah. the wave, whatever was big. Yeah. So I was into mountain biking was big, and then mm-hmm. it, it started to wane, and I went over to road racing. And it was actually a kind of a popular move. I was one of the early guys to do that, to mm. go from mountain to road, but it was a pretty popular move, um, and that's where the money was. Um, yeah. Road cycling was growing a lot, probably because of Lance Armstrong. Yeah. All said and done, I'm racing professionally for... 17 years but before at the last couple years of my career i knew that you know this also would end one day Mm -hmm. and uh so 
I want, I knew that I wanted to be a coach. Mm. And I think that's kind of the third part of my life was, uh, the coaching part. So I sort of started, I guess, filing things away. Like as, as an athlete, you'd file it different. Yeah. You would, I knew he was going to be a coach. So I started listening and asking questions, my director and people that I admired, you know, other racers, just watching people, you know, and, uh, kind of preparing myself to be a coach. I did coach a couple guys. Anyway, um, I retired. My ex-partner, uh, Todd Harriet retired a few years before mm-hmm. me and moved here. And uh, he wanted to partner with somebody for coaching. And he's like, well, who can I partner with? And he's like, oh, Dave Richter lives in Seattle. Like, So he called me up and said, hey, you want to you wanna, uh, partner up? And uh, sure enough, yeah. I, I thought that was a great idea because I'd kind of been waiting for yeah. something like that. Yeah. And uh, me and Todd had a great run and uh, we had HSP and then later we started Medier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's uh, where I met you. That's where we met you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and you're part of the, and you guys are part of the story for the film. Yeah. And it was, result. it was great. You know, we met a ton of people, you know, yeah. along the way and, uh, became a way better coach, you know, um, yeah. with, with experience and uh just like with anything you know you first you start to go to school or you read a book and you learn and then you practice and it's interesting dave i always told you this but you have this athletic side and you have this real creative side and then you have this total analytical side where you're able to like you know understand the data analyze the data and then come up with actionable items from that data which you can apply that principle to, to, to everything in business, but that, that's the one thing that you do really well. Is, oh, thanks, Greg. And, and, and people don't realize how much of a data-driven sport cycling is. It's huge to a point where it's almost like out of control. Like people are so tied to their they're data. They're obsessed with <laughs> it. <laughs> they can only oh, only do what their power meter tells Dude, them. Dude, it's okay. Yeah. And, I, you know, I look back and I'm like, I was uh, – yeah, like I was talking about baseball, I used to turn the baseball cards around and mm. read these stats, and I could tell you exactly what, what somebody's lifetime batting yeah. average was. <laughs> I love that. That's what baseball is really cool, man. Yeah. If you love if you love data and stats, baseball. That's why these fantasy leagues are so popular. Yeah, yeah. I did, and uh, I mean, I love data, and I think that's what you know kind of drove me to this to being a coach too. And um, data is super important, but then there's also the other side of it where you know you just want to tell someone to, to shut up and suck it up, and you know. <laughs> Go do it. Yeah. But I've how been, do you do that? I've you know? been told that. Yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah. Good at, and, you're good at that. Well, sure. And, and certainly. And like, <laughs> it and, works. And that's for me now as a coach, that's what I'm learning more and more yeah. about is like, well, how do you make somebody or allow somebody to, to tap into that mental mm. side of it to like pedal harder? You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like, it's like if I tell you to, you know, jump as high as you can and you jump and then right after you do that, I could say, okay, now jump higher. Mm. And guess what? You're probably going to jump a little bit higher. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like, wow, that is fascinating. Why, how yeah. is that? You know? So that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, like how do you build courage? You know, how do you, mm. how do you build grit? How do you do that to an athlete? You Without know? losing your humanity. Right. Right. And at the same time, you know, the other part of the recipe is you do have to be scientific about things and you have to improve, you know, physiologically. And when you do that, you get this confidence mm. and the confidence is what is kind of the key ingredient to bring that other side out, to bring that courage out, the grit. And, and we'll get into this later, but I'll think about what I've learned from you as somebody who coaches me as a cyclist. And, and one of the biggest things I learned last year and the whole year, if, you were, if I was to summarize, it was courage. 
the courage to take risks, the courage to, to go out and train with riders that are clearly faster and stronger than me that and to do great. things I've never done and to do, do courses I've never done, um, to do them in ways I've never done them, to ride faster, to take those descents harder. But, but all of it is, is the, the courage just to show up. Right. Just the courage to show up and be. And, and, and here's the thing. And again, and the reason this is powerful for me, Dave, is because you can apply this to, to everything. But the courage to show up, the willingness to look bad, and the willingness to be okay with that. You can't be afraid to lose. You can't be afraid to lose, and you can't be, be afraid to fail. That's right. And yeah. in cycling, you know, there's, um, it's, a, it's a rough sport because if you get dropped everybody sees it yeah. you know and you feel like the spotlight's on I'm you. a loser yeah. baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but in reality nobody really cares if no. you get dropped everybody um, gets dropped they're caring about themselves yeah. they don't want to be dropped yeah. you know they don't really remember who got dropped but no. they remember who won yeah. you know um, everybody the, gets dropped and, and the person that wins is the person that's not afraid to lose because at yeah. some point they have to make that move to win and that takes a lot of courage um, mm. and you know, the key ingredient is that confidence. And if you, if you have that confidence, it becomes more like a, like a math problem or, a, mm. you know, something you, you could just do like, it's time to go do it. And just do it. no matter what the circumstance, you might be breathing hard, you might be cramping up, but it's time to go. So you go. And, uh, that, that does take a lot of courage. Man, just think about how many situations in life, whether it be with work or whether it be even for me taking on a film project, because that's a mm -hmm. big thing Huge. to do. And and if I actually sat and thought about everything I've got to do and everything I'm going to do, I can't do it. Right. But I've already made the commitment. I've already said I'm doing this. We've already put the work in. I've already got people supporting me. I've already got partners. So now it's like, yeah, I and I made a promise. And, and so it's my commitment to that supersedes everything oh, that yeah. includes my, awesome. ne my negative thoughts yeah my self-doubts fear of looking bad the fear of failing all of it all yeah. that disappears those doubts don't have a chance to get to the front when you're working in the now mm. you know when you're thinking about what am i doing right now what am i doing to get to my goal when my my writing an outline am i my uh, on my bike, right, you know, training. What do you, you just? What's your heart rate? You, like you can really focus on the now mm -hmm. to get through the hard parts. Um, Being present. Oh yeah, I know. You know, yeah. a lot of athletes. I mean, Jennifer does this all the time. I see her on the watt bike. That's Jennifer is um, Dave's wife, by the way, and a, a pretty badass uh, athlete herself. She is. She's super badass. And uh, part of the way she becomes badass is she'll compartmentalize these. Uh, intervals like when it starts to get hard she just says okay let's get through the next 30 seconds and then that 30 seconds is gone she's like okay you're halfway then yeah you're three quarters of the way she gives herself these little goals mm. and uh occupies her mind you know and sometimes has the headphones on and just you know some really super loud music to sort of like take away and live in the now you know just listen to the beat mm -hmm. and and get through it and then before you know it she's done you know mm. like yeah. she's there so, Dave, how do you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> That's what my mom taught me. <laughs> That's good Some, advice. Yeah. So, speaking of workouts, so so you were at Metier, you left Metier, and now 
you've created Fount, which I'm a member of. I joined the club over a year ago and have been training with you guys for over a year. And and tell folks about Fount. I'm a little biased because because mm-hmm. it's my club and I'm proud of my club. It's a pretty special thing you guys have going. Thanks. It, it, that's what we were shooting for. We were really Jennifer and I when we started Fount. Um, we wanted an all inclusive club, one that sort of uh, gives you the the life of a pro cyclist without being a pro cyclist. I mean, you can get anything you want out of it. I mean, we've even now started a, a DET pro team, a Neo pro team. Um, we have a lot of professionals on the team. I mean, when I say professionals, I mean doctors, lawyers, yeah. um, engineers. Um, that Podcast hosts. Yeah, podcast hosts. <laughs> um, but some of these people... And are, radio DJs. That's right. You got Matt. That's right. We have a lot of personalities yeah. for sure, professionals. Yeah. But a lot of these professionals uh, um, are really good riders and and that's the cool thing about our club we have people at that level and we also have people that don't have shoes don't have clipless pedals you know like we've had a lot of people that come from different sports like running and rowing and they get to discover all that in the process that's right in terms of what the right gear is yeah yeah yeah. and i I think you know what stands out in our club is saying you're inclusive and actually being inclusive are two different things for sure and we are very practical the one thing i want to mention too is we have a very robust women's team and women's program the women and the men train together in fact i'm going to play a little clip from your wife who happened to be in last week and we're going to have her on again we'll have the full interview at another date a little bit about what she shared about the fount women's team we don't view ourselves as separate squads with different rules or anything like that. I love that. And and yet you still create that safe space for the women. Or- I guess I would challenge that, though. I don't yep. think that the women need a safe space okay. in the sense that I don't feel like you're in the right club or the right group that it is is threatening. Mm. Like we don't come in with a preconceived notion about how we're going to be treated. We come in with a notion about that we're all equal and we're all going to be that way. Mm. And I guess... And I understand, I do really understand, you know, that people's experiences aren't, haven't been that in life, or maybe, you know, that some people do feel like they need that separate space, but I'm just talking about Fount exclusively. I just don't feel like that that is the dynamic. And we really do push to, you know, not have the whole, like, you got beat by a girl or put any kind of preconceived notion on gender and mm-hmm. what's expected of them. Yeah, I get that. What I'm hearing you say is it it's just it just is. We have women's stuff. We have men's stuff. Everybody is represented like there's not you're not it's not pushing one person into one thing. We're not a women's team and adding men's team. Yeah. You know, we're not a men's team and added women's team. We just are a group of people with the collective same goal. So one of the things we got to talk about, Dave, you know, this was a really challenging year, to say the least. Oh, God. If if you're an athlete, not just cyclism, maybe you're an athlete, you know, with the Olympics being canceled, all the major cycling events being canceled, um, you know, now you're starting to see some international cycling events happen, like Latours happening. But all our races, all our events were canceled this year, except for a few. Uh, I know you guys did some time trials, and there's some track stuff, and, and I know Mason Lake... That was the last. That race was the that last. Happened. The first yeah. race and the last. And race. the last race, and anyway, but we did get to do something together as a team. It was an official event, and we were going to do it live. But we we did Fred Hutch Obliteride this year, and as you know, one of my biggest motivating factors, and the thing that probably drives me and motivates me in this sport more than anything, is to be able to 
share my good fortune, what I've gotten out of cycling with others and use it to make a positive difference in people's lives, to inspire people, to inspire people, you know, that are a little older and want to rediscover their inner athlete also to raise awareness and to raise money for cancer. And I know that it's something you're very passionate about. You've participated in Fred Hutch Obliterate. I know that when you were at Metier, you had a team and you rode for Bennett White. And Bennett mm-hmm. is, a, is a friend of yours and, and, and became a friend of mine through you. And we're going to feature him in the movie. But I know he's somebody that you continue to honor. Mm-hmm. And then you have a sister. Um, your sister's also been battling cancer. Yep. So you've been very supportive of this event. And we did Fred Hutch Obliteride, and we got 16 members of Fount to ride and 10 to, to 15 members that couldn't ride donated. And I was so touched and moved by that. You partnered with me and helped organize the team, and we had an amazing day. Talk about your experience of that. Well, it was a real challenging year for sure, like you said, uh, with the social distancing and uh, uh, people not riding together, you know, and uh, this was an opportunity to use cycling as a thread um, to, to bring uh, these things together for Obliteride. And I think that uh, the team stepped it up and they understood uh, that th- they needed to get out and do this or donate, and everybody did. It's pretty amazing. It was amazing. And the, the amazing thing was how it came together because a lot of the folks on Fount, they race. And that's what that's what they love about the sport. That's what they get out of it. And everybody gets something different. But a lot of the members that race that are really strong racers you know, came out and rode that day, like Dave yeah. Priester, Chris Wilson, Jennifer. And it was just amazing. And it, and it was not an easy day. I mean, it was a 100-mile ride. I would say the first 50 to 60 miles, it, it was rainy and windy. And yeah. this is August, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, normally it's Well, nice. I think that's what uh, attracts people on our team is yeah. the challenge. Again, you go back to the challenge. And the course itself wasn't easy. No. Uh, the weather wasn't easy. You put together a great course, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Well, that's part of it. it I really demanding. Take, take pride in that and making uh, the ride itself fun. No matter what, the it course was. is going to be awesome. But yeah, it was, it was a challenging course. It was challenging times. It was challenging weather. Uh, but everybody was up to it. Yeah. No, it was great, man. I, I think the thing is, is when you're doing it, you know, in the moment, sometimes I go, oh, this sucks. I don't like this. I'm wet. I'm cold. But then when you actually get to the end of the ride, it's like, oh, I wouldn't want to have it any other way. Right. Because if it was easy or if the, or if the conditions were perfect, yes, it would be great. But it would be a different experience when you have adverse conditions, when you complete it. The, the feeling that you have about yourself and and the shared experience you have with others who went through it with you is pretty incredible. Yeah, these hurdles make things memorable, you know. Yeah. Um, when, when you have a challenge like that and you overcome it, afterwards it's it's fun to recall it and, and it's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, it was great, man. It was a special day. And, and again, one of the highlights for me was when I was on your wheel on a descent and you were in the super tuck, and I was in the super tuck, and we were going like 55 miles an hour down this hill, and it was incredible, man. And then it, we was, connected it was. It was. I was really impressed with uh, your your handling ability Thank you. too. <laughs> in the back of my mind, is like, is this where Greg Roth perishes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad I didn't know. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't know you were thinking that. <laughs> no, it was great. I was like, oh, it would it would actually be symbolic, right? You it die would. in obliterate. <laughs> well, yeah. 
It would be a wake instead of a celebration. <laughs> no, no, no. It was great. You, it was. Uh, I think you were riding very inspired that Thank day. Thank you. Oh yeah, I was. I was definitely inspired, and I, I was riding with confidence because the thing is, is, is since I've been training with the club and I go out on the live training rides, I, I feel like I'm a lot more confident. And the one thing that I focus on is my bike handling. You know, I'm not the fastest guy out there, but the one thing I really focus on, the one things I take pride in, is 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 my athleticism, my bike handling skills. To be to be safe, and and not just for myself, but but for others around me. Yeah. But also too, and this goes back to what we were talking about. You know, when you ride with people that you trust, when you're with people that you trust, and they and you know that you don't have to worry, you can take more risks. Oh, for sure. And you know that, like, hey, I, I, as long I'm on Dave's wheel, I'm going to be fine. I just have to do what Dave's doing. Yeah, and it's a confidence builder, right? Yeah. You're confident in that wheel you're following, and when you get through it, you've pushed your limits, and you're better. Yeah. Yeah, and then when you complete it, and then what we did it for, I mean, that's the most important thing, is it wasn't just a ride. We were riding for something, you know, greater than ourselves. And I know I was for my mom and for Ashley, and, and, and you know, at the finish line, it was pretty emotional. Like, I was a lot more emotional than I thought it would be. And, and the great thing is that we ended up, as a team collectively, we raised over $6,000 this year. To raise that amount of money with everything going on with COVID-19 and, and everything canceled, I, I think is nothing short of phenomenal. I think next year, when we're actually able to do this you know, event, you know, in person, you know, with other obliteriders and we can actually, you know, have an event that we were going to have. I, I think we can, we can even do more next year, but just the fact that we did it this year exactly. was a victory. Yeah. Just, and, it didn't yeah. stop us. You know, the COVID-19 did not stop. We us. figured it out. The circumstances are pretty dire right now. It's not stopping us from doing what we love and, and we're figuring out different ways to do what we do in a different way. You know, we're doing this podcast. We're not stopping. We're just finding innovative and different ways to illustrate and share our passion for cycling. Do we wake up just to stand alone? One is such a lonely number. Will we give up being on our own and start fighting together? What's this world coming to? Can't get my mind around it. All the things we go through. Every day another crisis. Wonder where I fit in. Where's my place among the people? When will we begin to save ourselves from evil? Tell me when, if not now, when will this ever end? Can you tell me when, if not now, when will the change begin? We don't always agree on the best way to advance us, but as long as we breathe, we won't run out of chances. Cause divided we lose Will we let the spirit burn out? If not us, then who? Let's start here, let's start now Can you tell me when, if not now? When will this ever end? Can you tell me when, if not now? When will the change begin? Tell me when, if not now, when will this ever end?
together Cause we ain't got forever Do we wake up just to stand alone? What is such a lonely number? Do we give up being on our own? And start fighting together Can you tell me when, if not now? When will this ever end? Can you tell me when, if not now? Tell me when, if not now, when will this ever end? Can you tell me when, if not now, when will the change begin? I told you we have a great guest here, Michael Wands Wansley. Mm-hmm. Played with this cat named Macklemore. You may have heard this. This song has become part of the pop culture lexicon. And we got him on today's show. And and Wands is pretty incredible. You, you've met him. He's been through a lot. I mean, he's been in the music business uh, for over 30 years. He's still doing music. He, he's a software tester. Um, he sings the national anthem at Mariners games and at Seahawks games. And he's just this really kind of righteous dude. And he's been on this amazing path. He's been, you know, clean and sober. And he, and he shares that experience. So on today's show, we've got Mike. Michael Wansley, and we're going to play that interview for you right now. You are the very first guest on our first episode of We Ride Why Radio, and the reason is, is you are the voice of We Ride Why. Your voice is on the trailer. You've been with us since the beginning of this project, and, mm-hmm. and your heart and soul and your generosity of your talent, I'm just moved and, and touched by constantly, Michael. Three years ago, Andrew suggested you for the for the voice and when he said that, I mean I go of course and then I started actually hearing your voice you know narrate some of the things I had written and I'm going it's mm-hmm. perfect and and this is how we all work we all work kind of in, in our own labs right yeah and I'll send you something and it's like you I don't need to explain what to do I just say here it is and you always nail it the first time just kind of like you always do with everything you do. <laughs> well it's the first time with you for me it's not so much because uh you know I'm 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 still learning how to do real life, real live professional production. And yeah. so, you know, that's why, you know, it's like if there's anything that needs, I'm, I'm looking for that critical feedback so that I can improve because mm-hmm. I don't know what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's probably why I don't have more voiceover gigs is because you have to submit something. And when yeah. I submit it, if it's not up to a certain level of quality, they'll, they'll just pass you by. Yeah. 
So you can talk, you can have the great, you know, you can be Morgan Freeman, but if you don't have a professional recording of you as Morgan Freeman, right. see you later. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll, we will help you build that portfolio. Um, yeah, yes. What I love about your voice is is you, you're technically great. I mean, you have a great voice and you've been doing this for, for decades, but it's it's who you are. It's your beingness that you bring to the voice is, is your, a level of compassion and heart because you've been through some things. Yeah. Um, well, now recently, let me let me backtrack. One of the things I know it's really important to you, and that has made a huge difference in your life. And you share this out, and make and because of that, it makes a difference for others. Is your sobriety, and you just recently celebrated a birthday. Talk about that. Um, a sober birthday. So my sobriety date is August twenty second, nineteen ninety nine. So last month I I got twenty one years. Wow. But in it's funny because I mean I, I'm a member of various twelve-step organizations, and you know they're all helpful for different people. That's fine. Sure. Um, but I gotta, you know, my dad said, you know, you gotta make sure that you're driving your own boat. And some days are easier than others. Some days, you know, it's kind of cool being that. I learned it early on in sobriety. My objective was to be like the stripe in the middle of a two-lane road. Mm. Right. So I had a I had a right lane, I had a left lane, and then there's still shoulder and everything, right? Mm. So the, the the objective is is that if you stay close to the middle, not too far left, not too far right, your your chances are pretty good. And I mean, you know, I, some days I I have to do this, I have to concentrate on it five minutes at a time, mm. thirty seconds at a time. Yeah. Two hours at a time. It depends on what the day brings, right? And if you wait for if you wait for things to happen in a day, it's it, it's a little different for me anyway. This is my experience. It's a little different than me going out and chasing something. You know what I mean? I let the game. I let the day come to me, Got right? And, and and that's kind of it's kind of like the weather. Because, you know, the weather's going to be whatever it's going to be. You're going to adjust accordingly with whatever it is you're going to wear or, you know, where you're going to go, how you're going to get there. You know, if it's snowing outside, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Unless it's like unless you the got corner. the right gear on. <laughs> unless you got the right gear on. That's but right. You can't control whether it snows or not. And here in yeah. Seattle, it's like it's going to rain. Okay, yeah. well, I'm not going to ride my motorcycle in the rain. I don't do that. So... <laughs> I have to adjust. And that's right. the way that's the way I look. That's the way I take on life. Mm. Every morning I wake up and rouse, you know, when I rouse myself, I check, do I have all five senses? Yes. If I have all five senses, then I got a shot. Mm. I have an opportunity. That's it. Mm. Whatever happens, you know, I could reach for the remote and turn on the TV and the remote doesn't work or the lights could go out or the power could be out. But yeah. I still have mine. Right. Everything else on the outside of my body, I got no control over anything other than how I react to it. Amen. And once you start, once that becomes a habit of how you look at things, you know, you get a lot, you, you realize the greatest superpower that a human has is choice. That's right. That's right. We get See, to know? choose how we deal with our circumstances. Exactly. And, you know, there are people who, you know, they'll be putting on their shoe and, snap the, the the string breaks on the lace and it's like oh okay well fuck that and then they have a case and that leads to the fuck it's i fuck my job fuck this yeah. fuck my girlfriend fuck, fuck you know and then pretty soon 
they're by themselves, all ass and out. Yeah. Wondering how, you know, and they blame everything else when they're the ones that are made all those choices. Right. So, um, so, you know, try to keep in mind all those little choices that you make, you know, which pair of socks, what color shirt, all those little, all those little choices build up to the big ones. So if you're really good at the little ones, you'll be, you'll get better at the big ones. That's right, man. No, I, I get that. I get the world of that. We can't control the circumstances around us, but we can control where our true power lies is in our choice, how we choose to deal with it. And there's a number of ways that we can choose. The other thing I heard you say that I thought was really powerful, we go through life focused on the future or we're going and analyzing our past and seeing where we messed up, but we're not, we're everywhere but present right now. And, and what I heard you say is that it's important to to just be present sometimes in the moment, taking yeah. it one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time, and just yeah. being present, well, being mindful. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about living in the moment, right? What's coming is in the future. What's happened is in the past. Mm. Right? Amen. So here's the challenge. How can you live in the moment when as soon as you recognize a moment, it becomes a past moment. <laughs> so this is where you could you can really cook your noodle. Yeah. Trying to obsess about what's happening right now. I get that. Yeah. So it's not it's not a matter of living in the moment. It's more a matter of being wherever it is you are. Mm. Remember what you meant, there's an old movie, Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Greatest line in that movie is, you know. No matter where you go, there, there you, you are. are. Yeah. See, oh, and I get it. Yeah. You can't. You can wish to be somewhere else, but no matter where you are, that's where you are. <laughs> that's that's it. You just triggered a thought. My dad. One of the wisest things my dad always taught me was uh, happiness comes from accepting what is. Is like once you accept what is, once you accept your circumstances, and you whether you like it or not doesn't matter, right? There, there. Yes, it, you, actually, it does. Yeah. And, and, and like with the weather analogy, right? Okay. It's not a matter. It's not. It's not a matter of if you if you're going to accept something. Okay. Because when something happens, it happens. That's true. So the choice is how are you going to accept it? Mm. That's where your power comes in. This is where you I get to that. choose, right? Yeah. Here's a, here's a really inter- here's another interesting little nugget. What's the difference between a reaction? And a response. Uh, to me, a reaction is more of a visceral survival way of being, a reaction. You're reacting to a situation, whereas a response is a little more thoughtful, a little more strategic, um, a little more wisdom. Maybe. Whereas, hopefully, yeah, ho- ideally. Whereas a reaction is just a reaction. Somebody you know, throws a fist up and you, in your reactions, you, you block it, right? The correct answer, that's a good answer, but that's the, just correct one of, answer, yeah. the correct answer is time mm. ah yeah breathing the difference between a reaction and a response is time mm. you put your hand on something that's hot it burns you react that's right but when you're putting your hand down oh wait i'm not going to put my hand there because it feels hot oh that's so awesome that's a great analogy that's a it's, great analogy but the whole thing of it is is that once something happens 
you have the choice of how you're going to react to it. I got that. Yeah. Right. Somebody freaks out at a bus stop. You can either whip out your phone and start shooting them or you can just stare at them mm -hmm. or you can move away or yeah. fill in the blank. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But see that 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 it's, goes, you know, yes. you, really, you really have to take a leak and you're running down the, the hallway to get to the bathroom and the door's locked. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. You have a few choices. <laughs> you have a few choices. Right. Yes, you do. Oh, and, you know, it, it, Oh, wait, I forgot to get the key. Well, <laughs> well, that's one. <laughs> so the whole thing of it is, is that, you know, once you start figuring out that all these little choices, are you going to go left? Or are you going to go right? Are you going to go up? Or are you going to go down? I mean, I wrote a song about it. Choice. That's powerful, man. Yeah. Up, down, left, right. Yeah. Stay, go. Yeah. Forward, backward. <laughs> one just never knows. Oh, this is good stuff. Well, Michael, we got five minutes. And I know you got a hard stop, but I, I got to ask you. I, I know, you know, you were battling cancer a few years ago. Are, are you still in remission? Are you still good? Yeah. I'm, That's uh, great. I'm, I'm three years in remission. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you're a man of a certain age, and especially if you're an, an African-American man and you're over 45, go get your prostate checked. Mm -hmm. Because I was outside the lines. I was still, uh, I'll be 59 in October. Wow. You look great. And, and, thanks. Better living through chemistry. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like three years outside of the bubble. I've had three eye surgeries for cataracts, but that wasn't what the problem was. But I was on the edge of that thing, too. Mm. So, you know, guys are notorious for not going to the doctor. Prostate cancer is the slowest growing, most treatable cancer there is. Man, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what my doctor told me that changed my whole thing. Not every guy dies from prostate cancer, but every man dies with prostate cancer. So it's not a matter of when. Or if. It's a matter of if. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Say that again. It's not a matter of when. It's a matter of if. Mm. And I say it like that. It's just backwards, right? I say it that way because... If is the is the operative word. If you're curious, if you're worried about it, then when are you going to go and make the arrangement to go get checked? Because mm. you're never going to know That's right. until you get checked. Yeah, man. So thank you for if, this. Yeah. Good PSA, my brother. Good PSA. Yeah, that's, and, and that's the blood test they do that tells you what your what your score yeah. is. It's called a PSA, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, hey, man. Um, I want to have you back on as a regular because I just really love what you had to share. You bring a lot of, well, you bring your life's experience, but you bring some great, some great insight. And, and I think some things that, that, that really resonate with me and that resonate with a lot of people. And you do that. That's how, that's, that's who you are. I mean, it, of course you're going to do that. That's, that's who you are. That's, that's who I you're am. You're living I your purpose, man. Yeah. Um, so I want to thank you for coming on and we'll have you back on soon. Like I said, I want to have you on regularly because I just think a lot of people can benefit with what you have to share and uh, -oh. uh you know what that means yeah people are gonna start asking questions and all of a sudden i'll become the male oprah like macklemore predicted no you're gonna have to get your own <laughs> podcast my friend I mean, you should i don't know why you don't have one already to be honest but... i don't got that kind of time oh yet. that's right you're making music and hey real quickly before you go what let's talk about your music projects you got going right now real quickly um yeah so right now um i my latest single is called captain 
and it's out on all the streaming services. Um, you can find me, all you need to do is just Google W-A-N-Z, then you'll find everything. Folks, if you want to hear what Michael's up to and hear some of his new music, you go where again, Michael? You can find out everything that's going on with me by signing up for my newsletter at T-H-E-W-A-N-Z.com. That's awesome. It's my website. It has everything on there that has to do with me that, that I'm up to. But like I said, sign up for the mailing list. I'm trying to get in the habit of like writing a letter once a month and saying, this is what I'm up to. Right now, I've got 11 people, so it's like, Jesus, it's easier for me to just call them. <laughs> <laughs> and you're on social media. You're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that good stuff. I love your Every Facebook day, posts. Day. You you want to get some, some knowledge dropped on you? Go to Ooh, Michael's Facebook Lord. page. I'll leave it at Ooh, that. Lord. Michael A. Wansley, I'm a, I'm a political little son of a bitch. So you know, hey man, don't don't it, come bringing don't come bringing me your opinion <laughs> unless you got facts to back it up, or I'll put you in the ground. That's right, you will. I've seen it. He's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, we'll have you back on again soon. Thank you so much. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you're healthy. Love what you had to share, and I can't wait to uh, share this out with the world as well as some of your your new music. Yeah. One last thing. Yeah. For everybody, for you and everyone, do something good for yourself. Mm. Then go do it for somebody else. I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Michael. Love you, man. Absolutely. Dave, we did our first show. It's going to be a work in progress. It's going to continue to evolve. We have some really cool things coming up for you in the future. But, man, great having you on the first time in the studio. Great to be here. Congratulations. Thank you. You too, man. Thanks. And uh, everything's good at home with Wolfie and, and Jen? Wolfie and Jen. Oh, good. A1. If you want to know a little bit more what Dave's up to, get some coaching, get some guidance in cycling, or just join a really cool club, go to bouncecycling.com. On behalf of David the Rocket Richter, we've thanked everybody, but most of all, we want to thank you for listening because without you, we're just a, two guys sitting in a room talking to ourselves, and that ain't no fun. Until next time, peace, love, music, cycling, and transformation. This is We Ride Why Radio. Is there anybody out there? Help me sing my song. La la la, life is a strange thing. Just when you think you learn how to use it, it's gone. Woke up this morning and my head was in a daze. A brave new world dawned upon the human race. Words are meaningless and everything's surreal Gonna have to reach my friends to find out how I feel And if I taste the honey, is it really sweet? And do I eat it with my hands or with my feet? Does anybody really listen when I speak? Or will I have to say it all again next week? Is there anybody out there? Help me sing my song. 
Radio. Thank you for riding with us.